Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell Shepherd of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky, and I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Tuesday, February 21st, and I'm glad you're tuned in and listening over the Light and Truth Radio Network. And let me remind you that we are in our annual Bible conference here at the Island Ford Baptist Church. We started that on Monday, yesterday. We started in the morning. Brother C.R. Kirtman preached on Ecclesiastes chapter number one, verses one through three. And he just started an introduction of a study of the book of Ecclesiastes. And then last night, Brother Wayne Sexton preached first and Brother Sexton preached from the book of Colossians and just did sort of an overview of an introduction of the book of Colossians as he's going to be looking at that this week as well. And then after him, Brother Ronnie Jones preached from Proverbs chapter number 22 and verse number 6 on train up a child. And he's going to be looking at that verse all this week, Lord willing. And we're going to be studying the scriptures together. I hope you'll make plans to come and be with us. We're having trouble in Aaron that over the radio, some difficulties with that. We are sending out over the Internet and in some of our other stations are getting the signal good. But for whatever reason... Here at WSOF and I think at Harrisburg, we're having some difficulties in the broadcast. And so I'd like for you to remember us in prayer. Here's a couple of good songs and then the message from the Word of God as we continue the message that we began on yesterday's broadcast. So I hope you stay tuned and enjoy that with us. All right, it is time to look into the scripture. We're looking back as we started a message yesterday from First Peter chapter 2 verses 11 and 12, and we began preaching about how to respond as a Christian in an unchristian culture. I mentioned that we would be bringing out about five or six points, and yesterday we just started up with the first point. That is, we need to set an example of godliness before the unbeliever. I made the statement, I want to say it again, that this world needs to see Christ in the Christian. Amen. Now, on today's broadcast, we're going to bring in three more of those points. Number two, don't be surprised when troubles come. Number three, keep a doorway open for those who might wish later to hear the truth. And number four, we still need some strong walls in order to stay separate from others. Even though we have doorways, we need walls. We'll be talking about those points on today's broadcast, so I hope you'll stay tuned and enjoy the message as it was preached live from the pulpit of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. First Peter chapter number 2 and verses 11 and 12, and I just got a thought tonight that I hope will be a help to you, uh, some practical thoughts here, uh, dealing uh, a lot of verses, I've got a lot of verses in the Bible, but I'm going to look at Peter quite a bit. First Peter chapter 2 verse 11, the Bible says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you... As strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak evil against you, I'm sorry, they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they shall behold glorify God in the day of visitation. I'm going to stop with just those two verses in our original reading. I want to try to preach on this thought, my title tonight, How to Respond as a Christian 
in this anti-Christian culture. So I'm saying, at the same time, though, we don't need to, we don't need to hide what we believe. Amen. We don't need to hide what we, so, so here, I put this note here. I'm not saying that we need to make up some signs and some banners and go protest their protest. Not sure that that would do any good. I'm, I'm not entirely against that if God was to lead that direction. But what I do advocate is for you just to live that Christian life in your home. Live that Christian life on your job. Live that Christian life when you go to the grocery store. Live that Christian life wherever you are. Live that Christian life. Amen. Don't hide your convictions. Amen. Don't hide them. They need to see that in their daily lives. Now, these lines are being drawn in our society. I, I really believe some of it is to divide and conquer. They're making people angry at one another. Angry at one another. And they draw such, such lines and people are on opposite sides. Sometimes tempers flare. Sometimes heated words are exchanged. And that does not help the cause of Christ. Amen. Anger results, insults fly. <laughs> and neither side looks much like a Christian when it's all said and done. Amen. And seen it done many times. So how do we respond? I said I've got six things. Let me, let me give you these real quickly. Number one, I, I, I do believe the Bible has an answer for these. Number one, we need to set an example of godliness. Before the unbeliever. We need to set an example of godliness before the unbeliever. The text that I read initially, chapter number 2, verses 11 and 12. Chapter number 2, verses 11 and 12. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts. That's saying, don't you dabble in sin. Clean up your own life. Amen. Which war against the soul. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles. That don't just mean what you're saying. It means how you're living. Amen. Whereas they speak against you as evildoers that they may by your good works which they shall behold glorify God in the day of visitation. In other words, we ought to live differently than the world lives. Amen. It's important that we live differently than the world lives. We ought to keep our conduct honorable. Amen. Don't get into a shouting match with sinners, issuing railing for railing, because that does absolutely no good. Look at chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, gives us some good advice. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. Look at that. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. Amen. Now, he said that not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing. Here's what he's saying. When they curse you, don't curse them back. Don't curse them back. But he goes beyond that. Bless them. Bless them. Here's what I believe the devil likes to do. When God moves on you, for example, moves on you to witness. You hand somebody a gospel track, why? Tell me why. What good does it do them to take that track and tear it up and throw it down at your feet? I'll tell you what it does. It makes you mad. And you've lost, you've lost the war right there. 
Didn't do them any good, didn't do you any good. Because all of a sudden, why did the devil have them do that? Or why does the devil have them curse? What does it do for them to curse you? Why does he do that? To, To upset you and to mess with your mind. And to get you in the wrong spirit. Amen. That's exactly what it is, to get you in the wrong spirit. I'm convinced that I've been in church services when people have come in and have intentionally tried to provoke a wrong spirit in the church service. God help that mess. Amen. Well, but here's what he said. When that happens, bless them. You ought to remember this. We're not there to fight them. We're there to win them. And when I say win them, I'm not meaning win them as friends. I'm talking about win them to Christ. Amen. Amen. We're there, or I should say we're here, wherever there might be out in the world, but we're here to represent Christ, not just in the service, in our home, on the job, wherever we're at, we are here to represent Christ. We're trying to rescue people from the darkness that they're in bondage to and the bondage of sin that they're in bondage to. Amen. We're trying to rescue them. So first of all, let's give them a godly example, an example of godliness. Number two, be prepared to suffer. Just be prepared to. Expect that everybody ain't going to love what you're doing. Amen. Everybody's not going to love it. I've been door knocking when people say, praise God, y'all are doing a good thing. Everybody ought to be doing this. Well, our church don't do this or different. You know, they'll say different things like that. I think we, it's a good thing you're doing. And then others just, huh, you know, they ain't got any good thing to say about it. Well, just expect to suffer. Here's what he said in verse 14 of chapter 3. I read it already. He said, But, and if ye suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. Amen. So don't be surprised when they mock you for being a Christian. Down on the job, they find out you're a Christian. They may call you Rev just to try to mock you. Amen. They, they may call you Holy Joe just to try to mock you. Different things like that. Just be prepared for it. Be prepared for it. Don't be surprised when the fiery trial comes. Look at chapter 4 and verse number 12. I've got this underlined in my Bible. And I put out in the margin of my Bible, I wrote here, Don't be surprised when trouble comes. Amen. Don't be surprised. Look at verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. It ain't a strange thing. Be prepared to suffer. Just expect it. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That's what Paul told Timothy. It's going to happen. Troubles are going to find you. Amen. Now, we ought to, we ought to try to get along with people as much as possible. But we also ought to expect that not everybody's going to agree with us. Not everybody's going to appreciate. Amen. Jesus foretold us the fact of that, hold your place here in First Peter. Turn back to John chapter fifteen. There's that great text there in John fifteen. Our Lord talks about being the vine and the branches, but He moves on from that. Verse number eighteen, John fifteen eighteen. Words of our Lord. He said, "If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you." Let me find my place again. Yeah, before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Jesus said, be prepared for enemies. Be prepared to suffer. 
Amen. Now, here's my third thing we ought to do. Although we don't always get along with everybody in the world, we ought to be careful. Number three, we ought to keep a doorway open for those that might wish to learn the truth. Keep a doorway open. Now turn back to 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. I read this text early in my message, but notice verse 15. 1 Peter 2 or 3, 1 Peter 3, 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Now listen, when you knock on people's door or when you talk on the job, whatever, when you're talking to people about God, some of their questions don't even deserve an answer. Because they're not looking for an answer, they're looking for an argument. Some of their questions are not questions, they're just excuses. But when it's a genuine question, you ought to be ready to give them an answer. Amen. Now your answer might be, well, I had to study on that and get back with you. Amen. Maybe you'll have to, because we don't, none of us know all about the Bible, and, and sometimes we'll have to go back and look things up, or maybe question, ask somebody else about something there. But here, here's the thing. We need to keep the doorway open to those that wish to learn. Now, I know it takes the Holy Spirit. It's not our words that convince them. It takes the Holy Spirit to open their heart to receive the truth, right? I believe I can say it this way. It takes a miracle of the Holy Ghost to open their heart to get the truth. But it ought not take two miracles. He ought not have to open their heart and remove the stumbling block that we put in their way because of our stupidity. In other words, we shouldn't put obstacles in the path that the Holy Ghost would have to help that sinner hurdle over and get past if they're going to get any help from us. Amen. Sometimes if we're not careful, we will get a bitter attitude towards sinners. We'll get a demeanor that's not correct, it's not godly, it's not Christ-like, and it will require the Holy Ghost to do a miracle on us before we can ever do a miracle on them to get any help for their soul. When somebody shows a desire to know something about what you believe, you ought to be willing to try to help them with it. Amen. We ought to respond with gentleness. We ought to respond with respect, not with brutish, crass behavior. Amen. You know, I, I know what we could say. We could say, well, you're just ignorant of the Bible. That's why you don't know that. Yeah, you could probably say that, but there was also a time you was probably ignorant of the Bible. Matter of fact, more than likely, we're ignorant of a whole lot more of the Bible than we like to admit. Still to this day. Amen. Now, I call this keeping the doorway open. I don't call it building bridges. I've read what people say, and people, a lot of people, that's the idea, that's the world's mentality. We ought to, we ought to keep building bridges to the world. No bridges are, are dangerous. The reason I say build a doorway is because my fourth point, here's my fourth thing we ought to do. We still need some strong walls to keep us separate from them. Now those walls need doors. So that if some of them want in, amen. So that if some of them want in, we can let them in. But we need some walls to keep the false teachers out. Amen. And to keep the false teaching out. Jude, you don't have to turn there because I know you know this verse. Verse 3, there's only one chapter. But verse 3 says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. 
He said you're going to have to fight to hold the truth. You know why? Because there's a lot of people out there spreading falsehood. Amen. A lot of people out there spreading falsehood. Turn to Second Peter chapter number 2. I said I'm going to stay in here a lot. Second Peter chapter 2. Peter has counseled us to be gentle. <laughs> He's counseled us to have gentleness towards unbelievers. But he also warns us about them in chapter number 2 and verse number 10. Look, here's what he said. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. He's talking about people that are against everything that's godly. They're against everything that's moral, everything that has standards, everything that has any authority. They're against all authority. And boy, we got them in our society today, don't we? They're the, they're the loud mouths in our society, just to be honest with you. Amen. They really are. So he, he's warning us about these people. Now we, we're to be gentle, but there's some people we need to keep our distance from. Amen. Turn to Rome, I mean to Revelation chapter number two. Our Lord had John write seven letters to seven churches in chapters two and three, and I'm just going to deal with some here in chapter two. Our Lord spoke about some people that he hated, believe it or not. He hates this group of people. And he, he applauded those that hated them as well. In other words, he's saying, you need some walls built. The church does not need to be all-inclusive. Just everybody love everybody. Amen. Well, I could, I could run a lot of rabbits in that. And I know we've got to be careful. And what I'm preaching on is, and I'll get to a point here, my next point deals with this situation. It's, it can be sticky. I remember when I was a boy, Dad, they'd put out revival posters and even put it out on a sign. It mentioned revival meeting. And it'd say, everybody welcome. We quit doing that. Because to be honest with you, everybody's not welcome. If they come to cause trouble, they're not welcome. If they come to... Raise a stink. Now, if they come to sit and listen, praise God. But if they're going to get vocal and they're going to get vulgar, we need to move them out. Amen. There needs to be some some convictions about some some places, some, some I'll say some lines that are drawn. Amen. And that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. So we're going to have to break in the message right there. But Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow and continue this message. Hope you'll tune in this same time every Monday through Friday for another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. Until then, this is Pastor Farrell Shepherd saying good day and God bless you.